According to Stack Overflow's latest survey, .NET Core is the most loved development framework. Hundreds of developers use ML.NET to infuse machine learning capabilities to their solutions. If you don't know, ML.NET is a cross-platform open-source machine learning framework which makes machine learning accessible to .NET developers with the same code that powers machine learning across many other Microsoft products including Power BI, Windows Defender, and Azure. In this episode, we have invited the ML.NET team to talk about the latest capabilities of ML.NET, its roadmap, and also ask them about how you as a business or developer can get started with it. Hello, everyone. I'm Arafat Tessin. And I'm JK. And welcome to the AI Podcast. In this podcast, we try to bring AI enthusiasts practitioners and leaders who are currently working with Microsoft AI Stack. As you know, this podcast normally features guests from Australia and New Zealand region. Um, however, this time we are doing things a little different. Um, and we have got Pri and Luis all the way from US who are a part of Microsoft ML.NET team. Um, so I'll just bring both of them over here. Um, hi, Pri and Luis. Um, thank you so much for taking out some time to chat with us. If you could please introduce yourselves, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, I'm Bree. I work on the .NET team here at Microsoft, specifically on the PM for ML.NET. Um, I'm based out of Seattle right now. Cool. Yeah, happy to be here. I'm Luis. I'm based out of the New York City area, and I work on dots, uh, mainly focused on Azure Machine Learning, uh, ML.NET, and .NET for Apache Spark. So. Uh, quite a broad base there, um, and yeah, pretty much it. All right, cool. This is super cool. Um, so yeah, we we are super glad to have you over here, and we'll be learning a lot about what whatever this stuff ML.NET team has been doing behind the scenes, and also learn about the current situation as well as the the roadmap. So uh, before we get into any details. Or, or any further questions, we would like to know from you, Pri, what is, is ML.NET and a brief history about it, please. Yeah, so uh, ML.NET is a machine learning framework for .NET developers. Um, a little bit of history, um, just to give you some context. Um, it started out as a um, research project out of Microsoft Research, I think about 12 years ago, it was for text mining and search. Um, that continued and developed into an internal framework called the, Le the Learning Code, or TLC. Um, and that's been used internally for, I think, 10 years now in a ton of different Microsoft products, um, powering machine learning features. So it was you know, made so that internal developers could use machine learning really easily in the .NET applications. Um, in 2018, at, at the Big Build conference, uh, TLC was made open source, cross-platform, a bit friendlier for external users, and it was the first uh, public preview of ML.NET. Then in 2019 at Build, um, that's when it was the first GA release, and I think that's when we released the tooling as well. Um, so yeah, so ML.NET, machine learning framework for .NET developers. Um, again, it's open source, it's cross-platform. Um, it's, it's meant to allow you to stay in the .NET ecosystem, whether that's C-sharp or F-sharp, um, to develop custom machine learning models and be able to integrate those back into your uh, .NET applications. Those are the basics and the history there. 
cool. This is so super cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Like, I do remember the time that uh, we got the first uh, public re release in build, and I was like, uh, well, machine learning, probably not something for me. Give it a try with the GitHub issue classifier, and I never looked back ever since, like, done so many presentations to show people how cool ML.NET is. But I think one of interesting questions I can get from people is like, okay, I have these AI offerings, I have machine learning, Azure machine learning, there's all lots of different things. What's the difference between them? Well, Luis works on Azure ML, so I'll let him take this one. Yeah, um, so there's, there's, it's actually a really tough question in terms of how you sort of slice and dice it because um, all those different offerings will be looked at when people are evaluating them uh, through different lenses, right? Um, so when it comes to cost, for example, right? So uh, cost with Azure Machine Learning, uh, for example, uh, or even Azure Cognitive Services, these are managed services. So this is all in the cloud for you. It, it's really quick and really easy for you to provision your services and get started scaling basically the workflows that you're already doing um, quite easily. Um, but with that, again, because you're using cloud resources, there's costs associated with that, right? So, so those are some things that you have to consider versus say something like ML.NET where it's number one, it's offline first, right? So while you can definitely go online, um, it's offline first. So you, you right away, you're not really paying for anything other than you know taking the time to actually build your machine learning models. And again, because it's not hosted anywhere, um, at least not, you know, not at first, um, it's free, right? And it's open source and you can look into the code. So, so those are some things, some ways that you can think about it, right? Um, other ways that you might look at it is in terms of, well, what does it allow me to, uh, can I create custom models? So if you're looking to get started with, um, you know, with very, very minimal uh, to know machine learning knowledge, and you want to be able to do things like sentiment analysis or categorize images and perform those types of tasks, um, you, you certainly can with things like cognitive services, right? Because as a developer, as long as you're able to, or you're familiar with REST APIs and you can make requests uh, with a, giving your data to REST APIs, uh, you can get started really, really, really quickly with those services, right? Uh, with Azure Machine Learning to a certain extent, though that requires a little bit more, more knowledge. Um, but one of the sort of the limitations, at least with cognitive services, is that uh, you can't always train custom machine learning models. So <clears throat> there are some exceptions, like if you're doing object detection, if you're doing uh, image classification, I believe there's a few other scenarios where you can train custom models. But for the most part, there's only a single model, which actually has been trained on tons of data and, and, and understands a lot of scenarios. But if you're in an industry where it's very, uh, there are certain terms or there are certain things that are very uh, specific to your industry or to your, to your organization, uh, cognitive search may, may have a little bit of a harder time trying to get good results because it doesn't know the specifics of the problem that, that it's trying to solve for, right? So that's where those limita that limitation comes in with pre-built models where you want to have that sort of custom model. And that's where services like Azure Machine Learning or uh, ML.NET come in, right? Where you're able to train custom models using your data across a wide variety of scenarios, not just those that you know, there's some support for. Oh yeah, it was it was really detailed, and uh, I think this is one of the best <laughs> uh, descriptions I've heard um, about whole Microsoft ecosystem. 
Um, so when when we discuss normally over here within our community about ML.net and especially I when I was discussing within my um, within my circle uh, of my colleagues and I was just telling them that this is something uh, as a .NET developer you could use um, and you can create some models. Um, the one of the questions I was asked again and again that can we really build some sophisticated models, uh, ML models, yeah, apart from just sentiment analysis, apart from some basic stuff, can we do some really um, industry level or high level stuff with uh, with ML.net? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the answer, simple answer is yes. <laughs> um, so ML.net implements this feature called AutoML, um, short for automated machine learning. And so, you know, when we first released ML.NET, the biggest issue people had, you know, they say, I'm a .NET developer, I do not know data science, I don't know machine learning. And, you know, one of the hardest things besides, you know, getting the data for training is understanding which algorithms to use, how to tune algorithm hyperparameters, you know, how do I have to transform my data before feeding it to the algorithm? So that's where AutoML comes in. It, it automates that experimentation process of choosing an algorithm, choosing an, you know, tuning those algorithm hyperparameters, and so with ML.NET, you can use um, an, either the AutoML API or our tooling implements it as well, um, so that it will choose the best algorithm for you based on your scenario and your data. So you can go beyond that you know, basic sentiment analysis to try out other scenarios. Um, so that's one of the ways that um, you can kind of get started pretty easily for more complex scenarios. But, uh, and we're working to add more and more scenarios to AutoML right now. Um, we've got classification, regression, um, recommendation. I believe we just added ranking as well into the AutoML.NET API. Um, so if you don't have data science knowledge, that's totally fine. You can implement um, these scenarios with AutoML, and you know they they are you know great models depending on the data you have, of course. Um, there are a lot of examples though of ML.NET being used in production for you know awesome scenarios. Um, there's a company that is using ML.NET for grocery store forecasting. So it's uh, specifically for demand forecasting. They wanna know, you know, predict the demand of certain products. So they have one ML.NET model trained for every product in each grocery store. And this is in Romania actually. And um, they said by using ML.NET and just using forecasting, um, they were able to save 20 million pounds of CO2 emissions in a year, just by using the forecasting models they trained with ML.NET. Um, if you want to get into deep learning, uh, ML.NET also supports, uh, you know, um, image classification, object detection. Um, it, with ML.NET, you can consume Onyx and TensorFlow models. Um, so that makes it easier to make it more extensible and, and add more scenarios as well. So if you're not able to train it in ML.NET, you know, you can train it with another framework and bring that back into ML.NET. Um, one good example, which is actually a company in Aust Australia called ScanCam, they're Apparently in Australia, fuel stations, you um, get your gas and then you pay for it, <laughs> which is a very interesting concept. Um, and so fuel theft is a really common problem there. So ScanCam is using ML.NET in their um, cameras at fuel stations um, at each pump to detect first object detection to detect the car, then to detect the license plate. And then there's a database of repeat offenders. So they'll use this OCR technology on top of that to um, get the license plate number and then 
you know, look into the look into the database. And if it's a repeat offender, it will tell the attendant that's inside and they have to actually come in and they have to pay for their gas before actually getting it. So that's another really interesting use case that's uh, being used in production right now at ML.net. That's really awesome. Yeah, uh, the AutoML and the tooling that allows it to quickly do uh, real life scenarios, uh, see how they might work is really awesome. Do you have any other interesting uh, scenarios? Like, uh, remember, there's been Hackathon, there's been ML.net virtual conference and stuff like that. Do you have any cool other cool uh, scenarios? Yeah, Louise, you want to talk about maybe the virtual ML.net community conference we just did? Yeah, we, we just uh, had that conference where, you know, we were uh, fortunate enough to have you folks uh, join us as well over the two days that we had it. And there were a lot of really interesting scenarios. So the first time that we had that conference, uh, first of all, it's, again, the virtual ML.net community conference. It's put on by the community and, and for the community, right? So while there is some involvement by Microsoft in the sense of we're involved helping helping uh, sort of co-organize it, it's really uh, MVPs, uh, John Wood and Alexander Slavka, who sort of spearheaded this, this initiative, right? Uh, and again, the people who speak are community members who are passionate and working with ML.net. Um, so... A couple days ago, uh, we just had this conference, and there were tons of case studies. This is the second year that we did it, um, and and once, well, one scenario that actually they all stood out. Uh, one was where somebody used uh, different scenarios in ML.NET, uh, specifically mostly around image classification, uh, to try to unlock Xbox achievements. So try they, they use different ways of like identifying things that were being rendered on screen uh, for a trivia type game. And they were using that to uh, ML.NET specifically to try to answer questions. Um, there was another one where it tried to uh, predict um, Formula One race strategy. So Formula One is not just driving around, sitting in a car and driving around a track. There's a lot more uh, sort of strategy that, that's involved. Uh, part of that is choosing the right tires depending on the track and other various factors. So in that scenario, uh, it was, you know, the, the speaker, uh, the presenter sort of used ML.net to try to use all those different inputs, like the weather, like the tire type, uh, who the driver was, and things like that, to try to determine who or predict who was going to come out on top um, and who had the best strategy for a given race. Um, let's see, there was a drone uh, involved as well, where we saw uh, 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 using image classification and object detection and different types of things to, to sort of try to, uh, and also performing anomaly detection using flight data and telemetry data from that drone. Um, and, and while, you know, it was all, that particular scenario, it was for fun. And actually a lot of the, the scenarios that I'm mentioning here, they were, uh, they were done for fun. You could really extrapolate that to sort of real world scenarios. So for example, in the drone where it was using information about the positioning of the drone to perform some sort of anomaly detection, whether something's going wrong with the flight or whatever, right? Um, you might think, uh, Apply, you know, one common scenario that I've seen where that could be used is, um, for example, using drones to inspect uh, sort of assets in the field. So, for example, let's say you have some sort of oil pipeline out in the field, right? Uh, now, you could send somebody out there or you could send a drone and use image classification or object detection to detect whether there are uh, sort of things going wrong with that particular you know, pipeline, right? So, so while these are... Uh, a lot of these scenarios may have been done for fun. There's certainly real-world use case with the, where they can be applied to. Yeah, that, this is um, definitely 
uh, the, all of these scenarios are, are very useful and they can be taken as uh, taken to the level where they can be implemented in the industries um, to solve some business problems. And I've seen um, in, I, I think, 2020, we, we were given a task by one of the financial institutions and I implemented uh, them. Uh, I'm, me and my like, whole big chunk of our team uh, were discussing that what, what, where to go, what, new, what to use and which model to, um, which services to, to incorporate. And uh, me and one of my colleagues had, uh, had a discussion on this that let's, let's use something which is offline, uh, one device. And ML.net was the best candidate amongst that because we did not have to go to the cloud to, you know, uh, for the latency purposes, for other purposes as well. So it was super good. Um, so this is, the, and all of the scenarios, as I said, that these, these are really useful. But uh, one of the move, one of the other questions which came into my mind and which I've heard, like this was one of the asks by some of the people that we need to, to ask you, um, is ML.NET being used or the variant of ML.NET being used within Microsoft as well? Yeah, it is. Um, we have a customer showcase online actually that um, has both external and internal use cases. Um, I'll try and think of a few of the internal cases. Um, Power BI, if you've ever um, used their anomaly detection feature or even their key influencers feature, both powered by ML.NET, um, Microsoft Defender, um, ATP, they use uh, ML.NET to detect uh, malware, I think detecting classified malware. Um, what else we have? The real estate and securities groups, they deal with a lot of the facilities and stuff on Microsoft campus. They're using ML.NET for um, detecting HVAC faults and, and converting those to work orders in order to minimize the amount of work orders that they actually get and you know prioritize the ones that matter. Um, they're working on a ton of different projects. I actually just met with um, Kundan who works on um, in the RENS group. Um, he's got some really exciting projects um, happening with um, ML.NET as well. Um, so those are just a few of the use cases. Um, TLC was actually just deprecated um, in the beginning of this year. So we're recommending everyone move to ML.NET um, and we're actually helping teams move to ML.NET as well. That sounds awesome. Now, Build is coming up really quickly and everyone is thinking about, okay, what's going to be the new stuff? What's the roadmap for? Uh, the pro uh, products. Do you have anything to share where we're going with ML.NET and things like that? Yeah, definitely. So the big thing for Build is um, increasing our cross-platform support. We always say, you know, ML.NET runs everywhere that .NET runs, but there were a few caveats there. Um, now it, we will support um, ARM64 and um, Apple M1, I believe, works now. So that's something that people have been asking for for a long time is that ARM support. Um, so our developer, Michael, is working hard on that, doing an awesome job to deliver that for build. Um, and then we're also looking at like Blazor WebAssembly. I know it works in a lot of cases for inference, but looking at you know training cases as well, which I know um, JK has mentioned is something he really wants to see. Um, there's, it's yeah. Really yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a few other things, um, you know, in the deep learning space, um, you know, defining kind of our plan for what for deep learning, um, ML ops, um, our data prep and model explainability stories. So nothing concrete to announce there yet. Just um, we're working on all of those. 
Um, and then a few things with uh, interactive notebooks as well. So lots of things to look forward to. The big thing for build will be that ARM support um, and then a new release of Model Builder, which we actually have a um, preview version out right now that anyone could sign up for. Um, but those um, changes will be public in the public feed um, for build. Uh, Louise, anything that I missed there? Or anything else mentioned? Maybe minimal API stuff you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's sort of part of that MLOps and deployment story, making it easier to get these models into production. Um, you know, I think we mentioned it before, where one of the biggest challenges um, in the industry is, is just getting models to production, right? Like you have folks, you know, data scientists specifically, who are doing a really great job you know, building these these very complex models that that you know to to, to take actions and and actually um, you know perform some sort of uh, predictive analytics, um, but at the end of the day, if these models are not being deployed into production, right, it's almost like it's it's kind of wasted time and, and effort, right. So it's really important to, to get these models into production. Um, yeah. In its current state, it's it's really challenging, right, because typically these models are built in Python and then they're sort of translated over mm -hmm. to some other production system, whether that's Java, .NET, whatever. Um, so it's really challenging. That's one of the benefits of an all.NET where you have, it's all one stack. You train your model and you deploy your model using .NET. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so that step there, it's, it's a little bit, that transition is a little bit easier. Um, but there's also a long way to go in terms of the app models, right? So if, if you want to just deploy a, a traditional way of deploying these models is using web APIs, normally you just need a, a microservice with a single endpoint to handle requests and make predictions with. Um, and, and for those types of app models, right, um, you know, sometimes MVCs and, and web APIs in its current form, while they're great for, for production-grade applications, um, for these sort of microservices, they tend to feel a little bit bloated and like there's a lot that need, that folks need to learn to get started uh, just deploying these models. So so definitely there's some some efforts in making sure that the app models are a little bit simpler. Uh, and machine learning specifically is a really great use case for that sort of minimal uh, web API type of uh, application model. Yeah, and there's one other thing I want to mention. We're also working on our, I mentioned AutoML earlier. So we're actually revamping our AutoML experience. Um, and we're working with Microsoft research teams, including um, NNI and Flamel, but they do a lot of um, research in that kind of feature engineering, auto feature engineering, auto ML space, and a lot more things. But um, we're collaborating with them to make our auto ML even better. <laughs> um, so that's both with, for performance, um, being able to limit the search space, you know, being able to um, configure a bit more, just add some more advanced options. I mean, also enable more scenarios. So that's something that we're we're actively working on, and we'll get uh, with the new model builder release. We'll have we'll start implementing that. Awesome. Cool, cool. So uh, we now I will definitely since um, we we won't take too much of your time. So we'll just quickly ask three more questions from you. Um, both. One of them is this, the first one is coming from a developer who is already a .NET developer who knows how to um, build some basic ML mod, ML.NET models. So if as a developer, I run to, into an issue, uh, where do I go? For, who should I reach to for, for, for the resolution? Yeah, so ML.NET is open source. So um, we have a GitHub repo that you can file issues. Um, or even contribute. Uh, I believe it's .NET slash machine learning. 
Um, that's for kind of the APIs in the framework side. Um, .NET slash machine learning dash model builder is where you can um, file issues for tooling, you know, model builder in the CLI. Um, so yeah, so GitHub repo would be a great way. We have, Louise and I both have Twitter. We're always happy um, if you reach out and have questions there. Um, LinkedIn is another great way to, to reach us as well. But I would say probably GitHub, our GitHub repos are the best way um, if you have issues to, or, you know, feature requests or want to contribute, those would be the best ways to, to get in touch with us. Cool, cool. So um, this is, this is, this was for the developer who, who's already accustomed or acquainted with, with the uh, ML.NET. Now, if someone who has just started their .NET journey or um, they are they are coming from let's say they are coming from some other platform. Um, they are not a developer. They are just becoming a developer. Um, what are the resources you would like to recommend for those who are super new, and uh, they can get their hands on with them a lot? Well, Louise is a great content developer and has developed lots of our docs, so I'm sure you can speak on that. Read the docs. <laughs> um, no, I mean jokingly uh, saying that, but uh, no. The docs and and we're actually undergoing some you know updates uh, again as the experience is uh, is changing as well on the UI side of things and, and model builder, so uh, bear with us while those updates are made. But that's the best source of truth uh, for finding that. Um, and again, if you can't find a you know you have questions, additional questions, you can also raise uh, issues on the docs, right? Um, so you can certainly uh, ask questions there, and then we'll you know try to sort of triage and, and route them, whether that's, you know, a, a product issue or whether we need to make some updates to the docs, um, that would be the best place. There's also a lot of community created content as well. I've, we always recommend John Wood. We love John Wood. He, uh, he has a whole YouTube channel, um, a whole playlist on, I think it's like 100 videos on ML.net all the way from getting started to, you know, more advanced topics. So I would check that out as well. It's a great, great videos to get you started. And another thing, use Model Builder. Um, that is a great way to get started as well, just because it's um, a UI. So it's UI in Visual Studio, and it's very step-by-step. -step. People call it a wizard. I don't think officially, maybe it's officially it's a wizard. I don't know. <laughs> but it is a step-by-step -step walkthrough that, that you, you know, if you have your data, you choose your scenario, you input in your, your data, and then you hit train, and it'll train, and you can try even use the model in the UI to try it out. Um, so that's a, a great way to get started as well. Yeah, and to finish off, uh, we kind of talked about this already. You kind of mentioned it, uh, how to um, uh, contribute to ML.net. But for instance, somebody has some great scenarios to share or want to ask a couple of questions, um, or basically they want to contribute uh, to ML.net, where would be the best starting point for them? I'd say the GitHub repo. Um, that, yeah, .NET slash machine learning is a great way. I've been seeing a lot of people starting to ask questions on Stack Overflow and Reddit, um, but the official way to get, you know, responses from the team or to contribute um, would be the .NET slash machine learning repo. Awesome. Thank you. Right. That's that's cool. So, yeah, um, I think we we are nearly there. So. I would just say thank you to, to both of you for being a part of this special podcast. Uh, we are super excited to, to be uh, with you. And uh, we, we hope that we will see a lot of good news coming up in build and, and in future as well. So thanks a lot.
for being part of this podcast. JK, would you like to add anything? Yeah, I also like to say thank you. Uh, like the ML.net really changed the game for machine learning for a lot of people who um, looked at it and, you know, just give it a try to the model builder and all of a sudden realized, hey, I can actually do machine learning. Like there is a bumpy road once you get really bad math and stuff like that. You still need to learn data science, but at least it gives you the feeling that, hey, if I clean up this data, it's going to work rather than I have no idea what this technology does. I have no idea what this means. And you just spend weekends and weekends learning and never getting anywhere. So really, really thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for having us and you know thanks for being awesome you know passionate community members i'm excited you know anyone feel free to reach out on github repo or twitter we're always happy to answer questions and hear your feedback so super excited all right thanks thank you lynn all right uh, viewers listeners uh we will be coming back uh to you uh with another episode so thanks for being with us um see you next time or Catch up with you next time. Thanks. Bye. All right.